A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Mandalorian continues his quest to bring the child to its rightful people. However, some bumps have occurred across the uh, along the way, I should say. A giant spider is attacked at the Razor Crest. The New Republic comes in, saves the day, only to let Mando go without letting him helping hand. And the journey continues with the Mandalorian and the child here on Fake Nerds Watch, episode three and four of The Mandalorian. I'm Ben Magnet. That's Brian D. McClure, Ryan Eliopolis. And Spark Liddy. Hey. We're More Star Wars in our again. life. Star Wars is back, guys. Star Wars is back, and Lordy, is it glorious? Uh, most sorry. of it's glorious. Yeah, most hmm? of it's glorious. I really liked episode three. I don't know if it's my favorite episode of the series yet, but I think episode one is still that uh, of this season. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I will say uh, uh, chapters, chapters. Eleven and twelve. What are we on? Eleven and twelve. Eleven and twelve. It's weird because the the episode they numbered the episodes so weird because they did the they did the good place thing and the good place whenever they did a new episode it just continued chapters and like the last episode like chapter fifty something because that's yeah yeah it's because it's like it's it Mandalorians being treated like a book yeah yeah okay yeah Uh, so I, I I quite liked episode three I thought episode four was just fine. So episode three is the heiress, mm-hmm. yep. uh, and this is where we get to see my beautiful Bo-Katan, played by Katie. Yeah, um, this is uh, very very cool. Um, rumored for a while, wasn't sure if it was real, very mm-hmm. real, which probably confirms other things now. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the heiress was a. Uh, I saw on Twitter that somebody said it was a live action Clone Wars episode, and I was like, oh okay. And then I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. like this. I could do. I could. Some people are mad that it seems to be taking the Mandalorian into a bigger direction as opposed to like the small scope it kind of was. And I I don't have a problem with that. It's Star Wars. It's all connected and blah, blah, blah. I That's mean, the world we live in. So I mean, um, yeah, if you think about it, because Star Wars, it's like this big giant thing. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. Having the smaller stuff is great. Like that one episode one on Tatooine. Awesome episode. I absolutely love it. But episode three, where they brought Bo-Katan, the other Mandalorians, and also answered that one question that we had at the very start of the whole series is like, wait, Dave Filoni, you did a lot of great Mandalorian stuff in the Clone Wars. How come this Mandalorian is different from those? Now we know. So I think, so real quickly, I want to touch on both of those points that you that you brought up, uh, Ben. Um, I want to talk about what Ryan was talking about, how people are complaining, not really complaining, but like worried about the bigger direction the Mandalorian is taking. I think because of the fact that he is a Mandalorian and the Mandalorians have had a large role in the previous TV series, uh, as far as the, the the greater galaxy is concerned, I think it was inevitable that he would tie in with what's going on with the rest of the universe. I I think that was inevitable to us. I was going to say the same thing. Um, but I, like, because when we were watching season one, we were talking about this. We were talking about so this is obviously a different faction of of Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. from what we know from the Clone Wars, and we talked about that, like how we weren't sure what it was, if it was classism or what. Um, but but now we know. But we were expecting that. But there's a lot of people like Megan, uh, who haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels and don't or or just watch the movies, you know, yeah. and they don't know that Mandalore is more complicated than Boba Fett. Yes, and Boba Fett. Yeah, you know, and so like that's why I think there's a lot of people, a lot of people who watch Mandalorian who aren't aware of those things because they never watched the cartoons. Sure, and um, coming to this. 
and they're going, oh, this is becoming a way bigger thing than I thought it was going to be. And I get like being put off by that, but like it's been there the whole time. Right. Real quickly, I do want to mention, Ben, you are having construction on the top of your roof. Yeah. So if there is noise coming from your screen, that is what that is. So I am sorry. No, it's fine. I and then the other the other thing that Ben brought up is that we at Bocaton's uh, people say that he's from the Watch. They don't necessarily say it, but it, I think we can extrapolate that he's was born of the Death Watch, which was Maul's segment of the Mandalorians. Uh, they took out well, over from what's his uh, Vizsla, um, uh, John Favreau's character. Yeah, well, that he wasn't born of it. We know that because he's a foundling, right? Um, but uh, yeah, she's she calls it the watch. Uh, the other the other character you said his name. Uh, he calls uh, them religious zealots. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're a cult that wants to restore old old Mandalorian way, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's more or less what we were suspecting. We were we were also talking about like we had ideas that maybe it was a class thing, you know, because we do know that Bo-Katan and her Mandalorians come from like high Mandalore with uh, the Duchess and all of that. And Ritzy. we thought, we thought that possibly what, what we're seeing with the Mandalorian was like a lower working class kind of thing. It's not so much that as much as it is a, a cult of belief about what Mandalorians should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, the armor, if you guys remember, has horns on her head, which helmet, which might've been our first <laughs> clue that uh, they were death watch because the Mandalorians that were under Maul uh, sported his horns on on their helmets after he took mm-hmm. them over. Um, even even going back so far as when we see the Clone Wars, um, when they find Din Djarin, uh, that armor is what Favreau's clan was wearing at the time. Uh, so you know it was always there. We just you know we were speculating that having that confirmation is really neat. Yeah, um, I don't. I I think we. I don't remember what we said in season one, but I think we mentioned that there were ideas that it could be that, but we never said like specifically, Oh, this could be the after the leftovers of the, the of death watch. Yeah. Need more info. Um, but... uh, obviously that was, that was a really nice lore dump to get in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know us specifically have been waiting for that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting an answer of, Hey, this is going to get addressed. There are two different kind of belief systems around Mandalorian. And I'm like, great. That's awesome. And it's nice that even, even Din himself doesn't know that. Yeah. I am. It's kind of cool that he's like discovering stuff about his own people that he's like, Oh, I don't know everything. Like I thought yeah. I did. This is, this does speak to a lot of like, I, I kind of want to get this out of the way and then we'll talk about like, you know, the episodes and stuff, but this was very much a crucial answer to things we were talking about in season one. Um, which is that, uh, Din is likely, like we talked about why Din is always going to have his helmet. Uh, why would they cast uh, Pedro Pascal as him and all that? And I'm like, I do think eventually we're going to get to a point where he starts taking it off because he's going to break away from, you know, like the ultimate path of his character on the show is going to be kind of like finding his own way away from this cult belief system of the watch and figuring out who he is not part of that. As an individual. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and like kind of... Probably meeting Boba Fett is going to have something to do with that. Meeting these other Mandalorians is going to have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested at some point for us to learn more about when and where the Beskar tradition came from. Because that's not that's, like, a new, that's not high Mandalorian tradition. It's, it's also a new development for Star Wars because it's with like it was a developed for Man, for Mandalorian, right? Right, but so. if but if like it's a uh, it's like an old 
way kind of thing yes. and like why why did uh main mandalorian stop stop caring about that because who doesn't want armor the best armor that works world. really super good yeah if we're in in uh rebels there were when we go to mandalore and the rebels where we learn that all mandalorian armor is passed down from generation to generation so and it's molded throughout uh to fit the next person that holds it so it's so what Bo-Katan is wearing, what Sabine Wren was wearing, those were armors that their ancestors wore hundreds of years ago that just kept being passed down through generation to generation. Right. So it, I guess it was always Beskar in that situation, but we never learned about Beskar until now. Yeah. And maybe, and, uh, and last thing on that, like maybe because it's been passed down for generations, maybe like having to like reforge it over time, it loses some of the Beskar over time. So it just becomes naturally less durable well, than its first. Initial. That's what I was yeah. going to say is that, like, I'm kind of interested to learn about that because if we watch the cartoons, if we look at Boba Fett's armor or anything like that, if that is Beskar, it's certainly not as powerful as the Mandal, like not as durable and they're getting shot as the Mandalorians is. Yeah, they're getting shot. Uh, that's why. That's why in the crucial scene in this in this episode when he's able to get them to the to the bridge is because he's the only one who can go into that hallway and not be totally overwhelmed by the shots. Yeah. You know, he does get knocked down to the ground, but he can get a lot farther than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's what I mean is I'm interested in like where did best does best car wear down over time and that's why it doesn't work that way for other mandalorians or or we do know that it's also a finite resource uh and hard to come by and did they eventually just have to swap it out because even if they're uh how much because what you're saying like generationally passed down how much of the mm -hmm. armor had to start being added with different kind of materials just to make yeah. it work because of how much got blown away and how much of it is really best car anymore right right yeah ben, do you want you've been trying to say something uh no more, more mostly just an acto because i rem even watching episode four seeing the stormtroopers get shot down but then remembering from episode eight with the uh, captain phasma because i feel like captain phasma's armor is a form of best car as well i know it's a different uh section because she gets shot and and laser blasts just like bounce right off of her that's a good point she has it's 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 some stupid name like carbonium it's like yeah, it's, it's another it's another super tough yeah. metal that only she has yeah they, yeah, they go into I read it. somewhere it was like a quick little anecdote, and I was like, "Oh, that's neat." That Phasma's armor was crafted from the hull of Palpatine's yacht. Mm, yeah, because oh, Palpatine, had a, space, yeah, yeah. Palpatine had a space yacht that Lando robbed, and they made her armor out of that. That's a Carl Soul comic. Yes, it is the comic. So the other reason why I was bringing up, like, I just don't think that at least the majority of the galaxy must not think of every Mandalorian they pass by as having as wearing Beskar armor. They don't judge it that way because nobody's trying to catch the other Mandalorians for the armor to yeah. sell yeah. it. I got it you right know, here. To break it down. Uh, so yes, Ben, you are right. Uh, uh, the armor <laughs> is salvaged from Palpatine's ship. It is called Chromonium and uh, it is almost indestructible. <laughs> so this okay. is another, add another adamantium I, I to will the say, list. Well, it's, will like, say, it's, it's adamantium and vibranium. Yeah, I, I yeah. will say uh, chromonium is a much better word than carbonium, which is yes. what you said. <laughs> I was close. No, I get you. Ryan, the way, does sound better. Yeah. Ryan, the way you said it, it reminded me of a um, regular show when they're going like, Hamboning. Oh, yeah. Um, At least it's not stadium, so that's okay. Yeah. So let's get into the episode. Yeah. Um, we. Oh, real quickly, I wanted to say, like, I really love it when uh, Bo-Katan takes off her helmet and Katie Sackhoff is there. And and Dan's like, you're not Mandalorian. How'd you get that armor? I like that kind of like yeah. twist of like you you wouldn't do this if you were Mandalorian. 
yeah, it's a, it's a really good way to finally have brought some acknowledgement between those two those two factions. It this is the most uh, I think with this episode is the most like connected to the larger world of what we've seen established in Star Wars that I felt. Yes, we've seen Boba Fett's armor. Yes, we've had allusions to like all these other things, stormtroopers, all that. This is a but direct. This, but this connection. feels like uh, not just like direct reference, but it feels like it's actually playing in the sandbox of the world that was already built before it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So what do we what do we think about Katie Sackoff returning? I mean, I'm really I'm really happy for her. Um, yeah, that's too. awesome. It's cool to see on Twitter like people who uh, like eat, love and know that character like immediately before she even took the helmet off knew it was her just because of her voice. I'm like, yeah, that's that's like so that's so cool that like yeah. just like fans like if you stuck with this character like you you get you get uh you you get your your happiness. I was freaking out while we were watching it. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I mean like I I watched it like I like the character, but I'm not like you know I'm not yeah. in love with her. But to see that character in live action form cements that character in a way. It's like oh yeah, like they do care about this character. I uh, yeah. I'm really glad that she's playing her. I do really like all the people like posting up the pictures of like her during Clone Wars to her and Mandalorian and then Obi-Wan Kenobi during episode three. Yeah. And Obi-Wan so, Kenobi post Mandalorian. So either she's like insanely young in Clone Wars and Rebels or she just ages like a fine wine because yeah. that lady's supposed to be like in her 50s. And like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me right. at all. Hey, we don't like, know how, we don't know how Mandalorians age. It's no, true. We don't. It's true. Wait, and the funny thing is Boba Fett, Boba Fett's younger than her and looks way worse. Which yeah. is also a really funny thing. Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. No, but he's a cult. No, that's true, yes. Mm. That's true. Do we know? I don't remember. I really don't remember. Do we know if Jango Fett was Mandalorian and no, left? No. That was he the just whole took thing. the armor. So in Clone Wars, we and a little bit in Rebels, but mostly in Clone Wars, uh, Obi-Wan says... Uh, Jango Fett is Mandalorian or something like that and the High Rule is a Mandalorian it's like no he's not he, I don't know how he got that armor but he is not a Mandalorian he's a okay. thief okay. it's like a Qui-Gon Jinn episode 1 maybe I killed a Jedi and took it from him maybe he maybe or, but the it. other thing is like are they lying that's the other thing we speculated about that when boba fett was in this uh yeah. was going to be in this would they retcon that idea that maybe Jango is Mandalorian, or maybe he was just a foundling, right. or just like abandoned it all, or something. Or he yeah. just, got, yeah. or he just got excommunicated from the way. Yeah, just something ex- like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure when Boba Fett shows up in the series, we'll we'll get some answers. But until yeah, yeah. now, we only have what we know to work off of. Yeah, yeah solid is, point. He's been hanging out in the desert for looks like for 20 years. Like what oh, a yeah. poor guy. Yeah, also, like, that, that ages people. Look at Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. He was in the belly of a monster, like that could age him like a thousand years. You exactly. do, you are under two suns rather than one, so that's gonna that's oh, gonna wear on the skin. Gonna hurt your skin quite a bit. Like, yeah, you're right. Uh, so we go to we go to a, a water planet in this episode. I forgot the name of the planet. Um, uh, trash. A, uh, trash. Oh, trash. Yeah. Uh, we got Mon Calamari. Yeah. Got a beautiful yeah. sweater. Yeah. He's just like. Mm, yes. I just uh, got, he's just like looking at the, he's just looking at the razor's crest and it's all beat up, and then there. Oh my god, the razor crest falling and then just poof into the ocean is so yeah. good. Okay. Uh, real quick though, like I really like the episode. The ADR on the dude who he talks to about fixing the ship, like right after he's very quiet they pull voice. It out, uh, like that's real bad ADR. He was yeah. so quiet. It didn't even and bad. look like it matched the dude talking. I'm yeah. like, I like I know he's in like prosthetics and everything, but I'm like, I what? <laughs> We've had plenty of dudes talking in prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. 
this, this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Yeah, she did great. She did. Yeah. Yeah. I have to admit, I love this episode hers a whole lot more than the first one she did in season one. I agree. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that those like I'm not saying that those the episode she directed in season one was a bad episode. Which it's one just, did she in season one? It's the, the trench one, one with the ATST. Where with Cardoon's oh, introduction. Cardoon's introduction. Right. With, like right. the village. I thought right. that episode was totally serviceable. Dur- directing wise, I thought that episode was good. My problems were all script related with that episode. Yeah. 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 This whereas, whole season again is, is just much tighter, I think. Yeah. And, whereas and this part. one with um where I mean, obviously the where they go in the water and they're they're like the he he tries to get the information from the best for like, hey, where the my other Mandalorian's at? And they try to and oh god. Just a frog, frog lady, frog ladies, uh, frog, frog ladies lady. reunion. Yeah, that was the, the, those creatures look so good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like. I I rewatched this episode uh, this morning. Those creatures look so good. I can't get over it. I think they look great. Yeah, um, it look terrible if they you tried to make them talk English, but like otherwise, I think they look fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the way they work around it in episode two, where she takes the vocabulary. Yeah. Um, Vocalizer, vocalizer whatever. Whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah um i i really really liked yeah i really like the look of them honestly a lot of the prosthetic work throughout this episode is really good you've got a lot of the mon calamari you got the the squiddy faced people squid um squid yeah uh they all look really good yeah like no this, this was no gungans um yeah, no uh, i yeah. love just spending a little bit of time on a boat yeah mm-hmm. uh I know we're not there for long, but I just I liked it. I'm like, this is just this is just refreshing. Again, like like we have an episode that was like, okay, so this is our 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 actual western episode, and then we got a horror episode, and this is like, yo, we're a bunch of pirates. This is a pirate episode. This we got a pirate episode, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, it's perfect. And you got the squid guys just acting like pirates. I'm like, man, this is just so fun. Like just this is like this is this is the season one I wanted, really. Like, doing everything right. Knocked the child's pram over the water into the water. And Amanda yeah. and then just rushes in, and they're like, "Ha ha!" The best. So, so, so going to uh, a point earlier that I want to say, Sparks mentioned about how come other man, other people aren't hounding the Mandalorians with like more. Like more. I want to say, and this is gonna sound silly, but it's because Mando's is more shiny that they know it's more durable. It's practically brand spanking new, so they know. So they know it's like, oh, this is new best car. This is worth a whole lot more than that guy. I'm gonna I go think off the- there's I think there's something to what you're saying. I, I do think that that they target Mando's armor because it looks it clearly looks like pure Beskar. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas the others don't. Right. I, I agree with that point. My only my only reason I, I mentioned that was because I purely as a question of still like old best car if all the armor is best mm-hmm. car you'd think that if it is such a valuable and finite resource that people would still be hunting the other mandalorians for it yeah and wanting to take it and we don't really see that ever or hear that talked about which makes me think that's just my point is just that makes me think that it, they know that it's not really all best car probably mm-hmm. most of it isn't at this point yeah um, also he's like a new <clears throat> guy in town like they probably don't feel bad yeah i feel like, like they can take advantage of him yeah yeah not knowing like, who. Oh, here's this dude with a little kid. Let's let's steal the shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I really like the whole ship fairing. See, I really like the inn. I love the way they do the chowder. That is the hose oh, that they just bring over. Oh yeah. Um, Saying that everyone's got to eat food is in such a small recourse is like the, uh, the 
yeah, seats are scarce. You got to eat if you're sitting here. Also, and like again, like we had like a whole documentary about like the making of the first season and like and like the the volume or whatever. And again, yeah, yeah. this huge ass practical set that looks like it's on the ocean. I'm just like. I'm glad they didn't feel like they needed to be they needed to be truncated to this new technology again. Like they really they gave the show the budget, and I'm like, the show still looks so good. It still looks so good. What's really cool is that they can use the volume to make the ocean. So yeah. you get the light from the ocean coming for, coming into the cameras instead of a, instead of VFX, mm -hmm. um, and and then you build the set around the inside the volume, and it makes it look larger. That's what we talked about in the it's first amazing. episode, where you can. Where you use the volume as an enhancement yeah. rather right. than a crutch, and like it's it's wonder, it's beautiful. It's like really like they've it's it's really impressive. Yeah, and like especially like in 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 the time of COVID, like man, like what a what a cool way to make movies. You you don't need to go to space. It's just yeah. right here. Like it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, uh, aerial sequences, aerial sequences in, space in space are the are the ones that really shine shine when it's when it comes to the volume because those are all those can finally be shot practically rather than rather than on a green screen mm -hmm. you got a dude just sitting in a thing with the green screen, like the the, vo the volume around him like yo that dude's in space yeah like, exactly that's, so cool. that's really cool um okay so we need, we need sasha banks she's quiet she doesn't say a lot this entire episode she eats, uh, a, tentacle. She eats a tentacle they have to they have to get on a a imperial ship an imperial starship that's about to take off Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so that he'll get information about because he re they they save his life because he's threatened, and then uh, Bo Katan's like, "So what what what's up? What's the deal?" And he's like, "Well, I gotta take this little guy to the Jedi." And she's like, "What, what do you what know do about you? Jedi?" Yeah. <laughs> we don't use the J word. And then she she's like, "Okay, well, I'll tell you about Jedi if uh, go help help me steal this big ass ship." Yeah, like, she wants to steal it. Stuff. She wants to yeah. steal it, and I, you know, specifically if you've been following this character, she wants to steal it because Gideon's got her sword. Yeah, right. that's some good shit. Yeah, and, and she you wants get that, that sword get by the end. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, if you didn't know, you get it by the end that she's after the dark saber. He's got yeah. something of mine. Mm -hmm. because because um, she she's still and this is a holdover from Rebels. The dark saber will unite Mandalore under one banner, and that was always the case from Clone Wars to Rebels. That's why Sabine gave the dark saber to. Bogotan, because Bogotan was the is the sister to the last person to to um, to to rule Mandalore. Uh, she yeah. is the one to rule Mandalore under the dark saber, and I think that 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 is so cool that we're seeing that plot thread carry over into the yeah. show. Uh, and like eventually, we're gonna have to get an answer about how Sabine ended Rebels with the dark saber, and and now doesn't have it just a few years down the road. Man, Sabine, that means. Wait. Did Sabine have the dark saber at the end of Rebels? I thought Bo-Katan did. Did did she give it to Bo-Katan at the end? Yeah, that's like the whole thing is like I'm giving you this because you oh, okay, okay. you're going to oh, rule yeah. Mandalore. That's right. Yeah. Um, man, I haven't watched the end of Rebels in like four years. So. That's fair. <laughs> that's oh, that's fair. true. I did watch it like last year. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more fresh in my brain. Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be like a sick and sad flashback, maybe. What's going on? How the oh, hell she man. Didn't we think that Sasha Banks was going to play Sabine? Wasn't that the rumor? That was the rumor, yeah. yeah. Um, she only had a few lines in this episode, and they weren't. I don't. She's she's a she's a wrestler. A lot of uh, wrestlers try to become actors. I thought she was fine. She didn't really. She looks cool as hell, and she can do her own stunts and stuff. But like as an actress or an actor, I'm like, eh, she's fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. clearly not Sabine. Not Sabine. No. Right. Uh, yeah. The their whole attack on the Imperial ship. We get that actor. 
whose name escapes me, but you know the guy who's playing the the head oh, yeah. of the Imperial ship. Uh, and he does a good job, and they're they're doing their whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, that guy. And they get trapped in the. It's like we trapped them, sir. Where did you trap them? In the cardinal control room. Where? In the where? <laughs> yeah, um, that's so good. So yeah, they so they want to like steal the they want to steal the stuff. They from said the they ship. wanted the weapons, and right. then they decide they want the ship. Right, because they realize they're changing the deal, and he and Mando gets pissed about it, and, yeah, yeah. and she throws that snide. This is the way. Sorry, I had to step away. Uh, with oh, you're fine. We're talking about uh, Mandalorians being cold, stealing ships. So like, oh, okay, so now we're gonna steal the ship. I'm like, oh, this is a this is a big ship. Yeah, this is a big ship, you guys. Okay. It's the it's the ships from if uh it's the ships that that carry the the Tie Fighters. It's the type of ship that carry the Tie Fighters, but outside of the ship, so not in like a cargo bay. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was cool. The sequence of them going into the ship and stealing it, and of course with um that cat, with that one actor who I know I've seen him before, but I just don't know his name. Yeah, yeah we just did that. <laughs> yeah. Like him. So like when he gets the um the the transmission from Moff Gideon and he's telling him what's going on and, and Gideon's like you know what you need to do I love how both the pilots who are piloting the thing are like uh, oh he has a uh, he has the Empire's equivalent of a cyanide pill yeah electro yeah. electroshock yeah uh, I, was, I was wondering if that was gonna happen but I didn't think it was gonna be with like that I thought it was gonna be like a cyanide pill um but it was. That's a cool. They're like, no, this is Star Wars. Yeah, we gotta make it electric. Gotta make it extra. Uh, well, um, just the fact when, uh, when Gideon is telling this Imperial remnant of "Long live the Empire," and he knows what ha- he has to do, or he knows what's, what's about to go down, he's like, "F it, long live the Empire." So it's like, whoa, these dudes are—they have no chill. Well, no I think chill. we get more of this. Sorry, but right, go ahead. These are these are the guys who stuck with the Nazis after the Nazis lost. So they are the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're irredeemable. These are the worst bad guys. <laughs> we don't have a lot of this in canon right now, but we're starting to kind of see it with Star Wars Squadron, Star Wars Battlefront Two had had some of this. Um, Star Wars uh, the the next episode that we'll talk about these these people that are still in the empire are fanatical more fanatical uh-huh. fanatical we've ever seen the empire um because like, like ryan said they are the people that hey the, the germany is no longer controlled by the nazis these guys still sided with the nazis yeah yeah, yeah. they just can't uh-huh. there's like no maybe the evil emperor had some good ideas you guys yeah you know and you know what talking- i love to see uh in like a scene just like one scene with moff gideon just like doing a pass by thing no um uh paul blackthorne's character from the battlefront 2 oh campaign. yeah oh, oh yeah no, oh, so apparently, um um Iden versio the the actress uh jenning uh 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 ivankar whatever or her name is she's in these episodes she's in one of these episodes but only as a cameo as a voice not as her character from battlefront and when oh. people say so she said she was going to be in one of these episodes, and people lost their minds, you guys. Man. And then they said, oh, here I am. And it's just like as a cameo. And I'm like, everyone was like, how could you do this? How did this, <laughs> this, this is how you do it? Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the, ne- in the next episode. But, you know, there, this is kind of the, the, the thing that I've always wanted to see explored with Star Wars since we started the sequel trilogy. The what happened after the Empire, the fell, Empire fell, who stuck around, why... Uh, and why did it fail? 
Yeah. Because we know it fails, and 30 years later, the First Order rises from its ashes. Mm-hmm. So I'm always cu- kind of curious, because like we've seen the Empire is scattered. You know, if you're in Star Wars Squadrons, like the, there's different people being like, no, I'm going to control the Empire. No, I'm going to control the Empire. This is now the story of how Moff Gideon tried to be like, no, I'm the rule of the Empire. Yeah. So very interesting stuff that we're diving into uh, that may or may not, and we'll get into the next episode, but may or may not tie into... Sadly, the rise of Skywalker, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> Gideon's like breastplate when we see him, like when we saw him at the end of season one, and even in the next episode of this season, it does look very Vaderish, or at least Death Trooperish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And we'll, um, we'll talk about that at the, at the next episode too. Yeah. So yeah. let's so let's wrap up season. Uh, let's wrap up this episode, episode three, uh, uh, with uh, name drop. With the the name drop to end all name drops, uh, Bo-Katan says you need to go find Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what's up, Rosario Dawson? I guess I'm seeing you soon, right? Like, yeah, damn. yeah. I, didn't, I really didn't expect, like, and it's not even a big thing. Like, I know what the next episode's name is, so, like, I might know if she's showing up or not. But, like, uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Because um, that's a character that, like, doesn't need to be super tied to this and just can show up for a bit and give some information. And it makes sense why she would be there at this time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not just a cameo, kind of like Bokatan. Like, it, it seems like the- it's like. She is the only Jedi that Bo-Katan knows is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it would make sense that she would be like, yeah, go to this person. You want to find Jedi? Find her. Because you can't go to Ezra. <laughs> maybe that maybe is- she's hunting for Ezra. God, got me. Oh, so it's it's <laughs> 10 years after we know she went looking for Ezra. Right? Oh. Is that the end of Rebels? It's Aren't we end- five, we're five years out from Return of the Jedi, so how far is... Okay, so no, yeah. so it's five years after. Okay, so, so it's five it. years after she started looking for Ezra. Yeah. So maybe she found him in that time. If she you, did, I want to see that story. Listen, it's not going to happen. But I'm saying, what if it's like we show up on a planet and then it's like Ezra's just like chilling. They're like, "What's up, guys?" And Ezra's <laughs> and Ezra's just going to be like five years older than he was when we ended. Yeah. Isn't Ezra in the unknown regions with Thrawn? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. where that's we that's were talking about. Like, what if, that's where she went to go find him. So, Ben, um, just to catch you up, just to catch you up, at the end of Rebels, mm-hmm. Sabine and Ahsoka, and the uh, Rebels ends after Return of the Jedi. The final scene of Rebels is after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Sabine and, and Ahsoka go off to find the sun. Go off to find Ezra because they think that Ezra is still alive. Ezra is hanging out with Thrawn. With like these giant space whales or something, remember like the force whales? Yep, the force whales. Star Wars is cool, you guys. Force whales? Yeah, force yeah, whales. So don't worry about it, man. I, okay, so I started Rebels. I haven't finished Rebels, but I'm not okay. only force whales, Ben. Whales that can travel through hyperspace. Well, and I mean, like, and the other important detail is if she hasn't found Ezra yet, is Sabine still with Ahsoka? Yeah, Bing Bong. Because then they also say that. Sabine, there was a possibility of Sabine being in Mandalorian. We thought it was what? Sasha Banks, but it's not. Oh, okay. Yeah, we thought it was that other Mandalorian lady. But oh, the but the end of the end of their stories were in the same point and they were together. So it's okay. I mean if anything, I doubt it. I doubt it. If I anything, we'll it'll be a thing like, oh, he Ahsoka's like, this is where I am now. Uh Sabine's doing her own thing somewhere else and she can be next season or whatever. I do, I do think that there is some and I guess we'll find out after this ep- after the next episode because I I didn't think I that episode think- four would be Ahsoka. I thought the one after that would be, um, yeah. but I do think that shortly after that episode airs, 
we're going to we're learn going if to there's learn a new Ahsoka it. animated series coming. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, or uh, some or something. Or something. We've heard rumors for years of a follow-up to where Rebels ended. I think that they were waiting for this episode of Mandalorian to end. I, yeah. I think it's likely that we're going to find out soon. Okay. And like, what is going to happen with the child? Man. Yeah. Like, what is the the end goal for that? Because it like it's gonna, I know like honest? the fan base is going to be like you can't separate them, but at the same time, it's like okay, but the whole point is get him to Ahsoka. And Ahsoka might tell him somewhere else to take the child then. That's what I'm assuming. But wouldn't yeah. it make the most sense for Ahsoka to take the child? Yeah. Yeah. Train it. Kinda kinda at this moment, the most reliable person also, to train. Ahsoka definitely knew Yoda. So right. yeah. this is gonna she's gonna, gonna know. Uh, so yeah, she's gonna see like, uh, baby, she's gonna see the child and be like, This is Yoda. This is Yoda's species. I would yeah. have loved it if, because Bokatan knew Yoda too. I would have yeah. loved it if Bokatan was like, "I think it looks awfully familiar." Is that you, Yoda? Yeah, yeah. Because like, it's not like you see many of those little guys often, right? Um, yeah. man, like we, that's like we, like we blew blew Ben's mind in the last episode. There are we've only seen three of them. Oh yeah, with Yaddle. With so Yaddle. what if, um, what if? To what if Yaddle's in the, in the show? No, I don't think no, so. No, what, no. My my, because I think I, I think we talked about it in the first season of like the Yoda species and like what they'll do with that. Now that we're getting here, what if it's that he is the last of his kind? So this keeps him with the Mandalorian for the rest of the show. Ahsoka is the one who tells him. I don't know how to tell you this. The last one of them died uh, ten years ago. Uh, you know, but I would still, I would still like. I I understand like this is what will happen. Yeah. He will stay with the Mandalorian because that's the show. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm thinking about it logically, I'm like, no, he would stay with Ahsoka. Yeah. Everybody would agree that makes the most sense. She's more powerful than mm -hmm. him. She knows the Force, and he doesn't. He's, she's probably chilling. She understands somewhere. what he is and yeah. what he's connected to. It wouldn't make sense otherwise, unless I kill so her. So I'm very interested in what the logic is going <laughs> to no, be yeah. for her for the child not to stay with her. He's a daddy now. Oh, well, well, I wonder. So I wonder. I don't think it is that Yoda species is is dead. But I, I do think that they don't know where Yoda comes from. Yeah. And it could be it could be that Ahsoka's like, you know, you could try to find his people, bring him back to his people. And that becomes the show, trying to find out where the species comes from. Yeah. I I I get that and I agree. And I still would sit there and go, he could do that and still leave the child with Ahsoka till he does. Yeah. Yeah. This is that's my only point is yeah. that I'm like it, it starts to break the bonds of like what's sensible they need to reasons. make the show yeah. keep being the show that makes sense because yeah. everybody still wants the Mando with the child and I'm like but but does it make sense after that point once he's met Ahsoka for the child not to be with Ahsoka we don't know like dude like for all I know Ahsoka could be in, in like a Last Jedi situation like where she's not in a good spot like we have no idea no what, no no for yeah, sure I'm like, sure there 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 will be a plot reason yeah yeah I'm just really curious how they're gonna finagle that and I hope it's done well no I, I I agree because yeah now that you say that like yeah she's like she's like the last ultimate Jedi like why wouldn't you give it to her yeah as like, far as we, yeah, know, we know Luke and Ahsoka, Luke and, Ahsoka and, Ezra and Ezra are the are only the three only Jedi three left, Jedi left. And, and even Jedi. then Ahsoka's the only one who has complex understanding of the old jedi way even if she doesn't agree with all of it yep. yeah um yeah. she's the only one who really gets it uh oh and leia, oh, and leia. 
I forgot about that forgot little fun bit at the end of Return of the Rise of Skywalker. Well, but I would argue, is Leia a Jedi? She's training yeah. at this point. She's a Force user, but is she a Jedi? Like her father. Um, so I want to ask, before we move on to the next episode, we see Bo-Katan again before the season's done, right? Yeah. I, hope so. oh, I, I suspect so. Probably at least, what, kind of like how last season was, we got introduced some characters and they showed up again in the finale. I yeah. assume it's going to be similar to that in some way. Yeah. Uh, she needs to get her sword back. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next episode was episode uh, chapter t- 12? Chapter 12, yeah. episode the 4. The Siege. So I thought, just by seeing the title, I thought we were going to go into like more of the history of Mandalore because it was going to be called the Siege, and we're going to talk about the Siege of Mandalore. Maybe right, the Siege of Mandalore. But then it wasn't that, and it's just like we're going to attack an imperial base. I'm like, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, and should have been called a siege instead a of siege. the siege. Yeah. <laughs> well, every <laughs> single, well, every single episode, they they have the name with the word the. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. My but point being, that there's a siege in the Star siege Wars for a Mandalorian means a very yeah. different thing. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. This episode is pretty pretty light on on. Uh, on uh, Developments, but we do, but we do see at the, the end, end what Moff Gideon's plan is for the most part. Yeah, yeah. multiple plans, multiple things going we on. Get, in this we base. get Cara Dune back, and we get Carl, Carl Weathers. Weather. Uh, what's Carl Weathers? I never remember. Is this Carl Weathers' directorial debut? Or no, it's, it's, uh, it's grief. It's grief. Uh, grief. You're right. Grief something. Yeah. I, yes. I don't know uh, if it's Carl- his debut, but he's but he did direct this episode, which is radical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon wanted, wanted, I love this, I love, I love this so much. Moff Gideon wanted the child's M count. Yeah, metachlorians. No, thank you. <laughs> I immediately was like, I see, I see you, Filoni, but I do not raise you. Hey, Filoni is, is the only person that made metachlorians make sense. So, that's fair. To, <laughs> not, to be at the line, M count. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Metaclorian's been. Um, He's got a, the child has an extremely high M count. To be fair, I think that this will ultimately pay off better for people. I think, if I'm to guess right, that even if they get a high enough Metaclorian count, it doesn't like it's not for one one for one the force like they think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's ultimately going to make it like. Hey guys, midichlorians don't exactly work the way that like everybody was wrong. They don't really work with the force sensitive stuff oh, the way we if, thought they did. They, like, and they're gonna invalidate it. it. If yeah. they debunk it, that'd yes. actually be pretty dope, actually. But we I know think. that Baby Yoda is incredibly powerful with the force. Um right. yeah. and he wants to make so Moff Gideon wants to make force Something. uh what looks like force sensitive troopers. Or or uh, a, a force sensitive Snoke. Or or Snoke. <laughs> so so I so Brandon, I was on the same theory as you, but um though uh I do not think the the M count stuff is also tied to those troopers. I think those troopers are just like a type of defense. Because those are from video games, like like uh, Dark Forces from like the 90s. Right, but those are those are force sensitive troopers in that video game. No, those are robots. So if they do something different for the Mandalorian, then that's something completely different. But from the games those troopers are are like cyborg robot people. But we see those we see those people. Uh, we see the same Kaminoan people, humans that aren't Kaminoans, but they have the they have the outfits. So whatever they were doing with the child is related to what those troopers are, because we see them working on those troopers. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, so it does have yeah. something to do with cloning. Though we do see the tank looking awfully Snoke-like, unfortunately. Yeah, there was a bald dude in there with some gross growths on there. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't, if you guys want to try to fix your bullshit movie, that's here's, cool, but... So here's the thing that makes me think it's probably Snoke-related or Emperor Palpatine-related, essentially, mm-hmm. which is that when they come into the room, the two Imperial dudes are like, destroy it! And they destroy the information about it. I'm like, I don't know if I don't know if two dudes would be so committed to doing that and knowing they'll die for doing it unless it had to do with the emperor specifically. Right. Yeah. So in the novelization of the rise of Skywalker, which, you know, if it's not on screen, it's not Canon, but what we know of yeah. that moment uh, is that the clone of Palpatine was the first clone of Palpatine was created before his death in return of the Jedi and he transferred his force consciousness there. So if that is to believe, then there is already a Palpatine clone on Exegol. Sure. I oh, I mean, it makes no, sense. No, that, I didn't know that part, Brandon. Yeah. Oh, no. He's already well, there, baby. And yeah. just have survived the Death no, Star explosion. I, I just, I'm just ignoring it. Because sure. I, just, I just, it's too much. It's too stupid. <laughs> it's too I much. know. I get it. I will, if this is their way of like, yo, we were trying to replicate him and we made a Snoke and blah, blah, blah. And like, fine, whatever. I just kind of wish it wasn't a Mandalorian. Like episode three world building, we're like bringing in Bo-Katan, Mandalorian stuff. That's cool. Please don't bring in Rise of Skywalker stuff. Like, the, that the, is not what I want. The fear that I have is that we're seeing the beginning of the First Order because, well, we, I mean, obviously we're seeing the beginning of the First Order because that's what the end of the Empire was. But at the end of this episode, we also see that that Cara Dune is, is quote-unquote, recruited into the initial, what would become the Resistance. Yes. Um, and I forgot my train of thought. Never mind. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> mind that because, you know, we got to see how things are built, but, like, just oh, starting... I remember. So- Whatever whatever Moff Gideon is doing, whatever Moff Gideon is doing has to fail because 30 it takes them 30 years to build up the first order. Okay, so I just I just want to point out something um about all of this, which is that we all, regardless of how we feel, we all have to accept Rise of Skywalker as canon. Yeah. It is the eventual canon. So that means that the things that they say about how the first order and Snoke were created are true, Mm -hmm. which means that, and I'm being honest probably the way the first order comes about is basically that snoke who is a palpatine sand and eventually goes you know i think the galaxy can embrace us a lot better if we just change our name (laughs) (laughs) i'm being honest no it's true that's really simply probably the answer and that's unfortunate but that's the answer they made and uh so i don't think it's going to be as big of a deal of like the failing of the empire in 30 years as much as it is like Hey guys, um, we're the first order now. Uh, we're not like the Empire. We're the new Nazis. Um, yeah. We believe new things. Listen, we, we that are based <laughs> in the old things. We and look, look very like, similar. We yeah. look like the Empire, but we're not the Empire. And we do things like the Empire, but we're not the Empire. So don't treat us like the Empire. So basically, don't expect a good answer about why the Empire failed because it really didn't. Ultimately, what they proved is that the Empire was always the First Order, yes. and all it did was change its name. Because, so there is yeah. no major failing. What he's doing now, that's First Order plans, too. It's because of uh, that, too. Like, the people in the Empire are directly in the First Order. And like, that's that's yeah. shitty, but that's what it is. So the best we can hope for, because really all it is, that rebranding, is just propaganda to get new people on board. That's it. Mm. That's it. Um, uh, all we can hope for is that Filoni will make the breadcrumbs that can lead to that stupid justification really good. better. Yeah. Uh, 
And and so like it feels like an inevitability in some way, not necessarily on Mandalorian, but somewhere along the line, we knew we need to get material between the two that starts to go. Well, this is this is what they were doing, and and yeah, Snoke is a thing that's going to happen. But my so my whole thing about but seeing some some things that could eventually become the first order is that we're so far away from the first order's rise you know uh, ben was just born ray won't be born for another 10 years um we star killer base is still elam you know it's, yes. we don't have a lot a, a lot there no i get i get your point and my point was less to say like don't that it's it's not important to think about the two things as separate anymore they're the same entity. They're the same entity with a different name. So even though that will be like first order stuff, first order official stuff, when Snoke actually is the leader of the first order, everything the Empire is doing now is building to that because all they do is eventually change their name to make it work with their plans. That's sure. my point. So so this isn't first order stuff. This is this is mid-Empire stuff that will become the, the stuff of first order when they change their name. Sure. Uh, and so if we're going to see the bread comes because breadcrumbs because they are building to that and we don't know when snoke ascends yeah, when yes. snoke's doing his thing that's a good point all that stuff that's a very good point because snoke could be quote-unquote born now and then it will still take him the the decades that he needs to to build the first order but it's still the empire right he came from the empire um that's actually funny that i've never thought of it that way there's like it's the same thing that's it's rebranded that's yeah. literally all it is like mm -hmm. half the people in the Empire I mean, we are wanted the first it, order. We wanted it to be a different answer about how it happened. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker cemented that they just changed names. <laughs> like that's and and their look. That's really all that happened. So they could get new recruits, and that's that's it. They and, just the and then the final order. And look, and look, it really uh, I do think in this episode specifically, there's a good counterpoint to like why that happens. Uh like supplying why does first order rebranding work? It's because you've got people on Navarro like Grief who are saying very publicly, I don't even understand why the Republic wants to stick its nose in the Outer Rim. The Empire couldn't do it. What makes them think they could do better? Yeah. And I actually think that's a really good point. Yeah. I think that that brings up a really valid point, which is like, you know what? The Republic probably never gets uh, going again because they don't know how to handle the Outer Rim. We know the First Order uh, gets its clutches onto the galaxy by coming from the Outer Rim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's too much disorder out there. It's much easier to stay united in core systems. But the Outer Rim is yeah. far too vast and spread out and 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 tired of Republic rule, yes. then tired of Empire rule. I mean, we get this. This is These are colonies, essentially, that have been left to their own devices. This is, you, this is oh, Puerto man. Rico yeah. out in space is essentially what it is. And and it's like, you, you like, want to call us part of the United States, you, but what do you do for us? Uh, you have you have the First Order basically on the outskirts, and they're, they're building in instead yeah. of outward. So then when you build your giant army, they're surrounded. Right. And that's like, that's actually really smart. Yeah. That's, and I think, yeah. I think it's a good point. And I think it is just a failing of the Republic to actually grasp that. That is what Mandalorian is exploring in in small moments with those kind of details is that this is all happening because they all think that they need to control rather than establish separate systems that they can communicate with and trade with and work with but not try to control this is the good talk this is the good star wars talk you guys I was anyway i thought this episode before. overall was okay <laughs> can, I tell you, can i tell you guys um that blue guy i don't like the blue guy and i didn't like him in episode one and i didn't like him in this episode I don't find him funny or endearing. I thought he was mostly annoying. He's the only character in this entire show that I don't like. And I think that's just me, but I just he find has, him like he irritating. He has only one line that I laughed at in this whole episode, which was, which was why don't they have guardians? 
Yeah. 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 I no, I I I found him to just be like a hindrance to everything else happening. To, to be honest, I, mean, uh, sure. I don't know why they brought him back. I I just uh, I found the um relationship between him and grief, where grief is just like constantly mean to him, holding his debt over him to make him do things. I'm yeah. like, I I don't know. I don't need this. No, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to be cute. I mean, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't like the blue guy either, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you don't have to be like that mean to him. You don't have to be like, hey, get your ass over here, or hey, hurry up, open you the take door. Out the, here's the thing. You take out the character of the, of the episode, it changes nothing. Right. For real. And then you just get that, have the characters talk to each other more instead of just yell at this random guy. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, it's really sucky that Cara Dune's a well-written character because Gina Carano sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I like man. She kicks ass. She's like a great stunt that, woman. That opening scene, yeah, where she takes oh, yeah. out all the the guys. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. I'm just like, wow. I'm glad. Like, you look so cool here, and then I just go to your Twitter, and I just want to I want to punch you, and it makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. She would she would beat me up way harder though, because she's real strong. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. I agree. Uh, we also get the return of uh, Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience. We do. Yeah, as <laughs> as straight up just a cop. The guy calls him officer, and I'm like, wow, they're not even trying. That's hilarious. I really like that. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of like, I mean, what do you you don't call him pilot? No, I know. It's just, <laughs> it's just I, I don't think I've ever heard that in Star Wars before. It's like, okay, sorry, officer. Like right. he's an actual cop. No, yeah, he it, is. Goes, it goes back to that. Like yeah. this, this very much fits in. Like I really like Grief's assessment where he's like, uh, you know, why? This isn't why Coruscant. Are why yeah. are they policing us? This isn't Coruscant. That's yeah. such a dope line. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the stuff I love about Mandalorian. It's like it's like it's all the outskirts stuff. And I'm did like, you, yeah. Did you guys uh, catch the IG statue? No. Like, there's a statue in Tomorrow City for IG Eleven. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I didn't see that. that. Pay attention to it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, one um, thing I, uh, I didn't see it in the episode either. I saw it on Twitter later, okay. and I'm like, oh, oh that's real neat. That's nice. One thing I did like what that uh, gave Cara doing some, I feel some more character development is because I'm pretty sure we don't find this out in episode or season one, or I could be mistaken, is that she's Alderanian. No, we knew that. No, we, we knew that. that. Never mind. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, it's, it's still it's still nice. It's still nice. I I still like the moment where he says, "I served during Alderaan. I'm sorry." <laughs> Uh, like that's still a nice thing, like treating Alderaan like like the Hiroshima Nagasaki kind of event that it would be in Star Wars, where like yeah. you lost a really important planet of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really cool to get any kind of you know acknowledgement of galactic trauma. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. is really nice. Um, but we did know that. Uh, I still think that was a good moment. I still am glad they took the time to have that exchange, uh, especially with someone who is somewhat disillusioned with the good of the of the rebellion yeah uh after the empire's downfall well what i like um, about about mr kim's inclusion and i forget his character, his character but he says you know there are people out here who don't think this is over right and if you're you know maybe we have people like you who help us out should should we be right yeah, yeah. and, and I like that's that. uh yeah, like uh, this is a very like positive moment for the or the the Republic right here. But like, I like throughout this show again, like the New Republic isn't isn't shown to us as being like the high and mighty. We're the best people in the galaxy. Like when they deal with the Mandalorian, it's a little like hazy as well. And I'm like, yeah. it's always from like some. It's not always from like uh, the good person's perspective. It's from like a neutral perspective. So you can get well, that, both sides of the character. That's what we get from a lot of the books that were set before First uh, Force Awakens. You know, Bloodlines has a lot of this of like. 
you know, the, the New Republic really tried, but they let the First Order just do whatever they want and said, you know what, they're not bothering us, so screw them. Yeah. And they didn't check in on them when they should have, and, and Leia knew that. And Leia said... It's like World War One and World War Two. it's crazy. <laughs> we need to... And Leia, Leia knew that the First Order was going to be a bigger threat, which is why she left the Senate, one of the reasons why she left the Senate and made the resistance. And Mon Mothma knew that too, which is why she funded the resistance through the Repu- which got the Republic in trouble with the First Order. This is why Force Awakens was so cool when it first came out before they shit it all out with <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah I agree. And, and like, I'd like to believe that there's going to be some, like they're on the right path with the way that they talk about the Outer Rim versus uh, what the new form of the Republic is trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and and it is something that's like this is the whole thing in like politically that Brandon loves. This is the whole thing in Star Wars is that this is my jam. The reason yeah. it falls apart in the prequel trilogy is because ultimately they care more about what's in the center of the galaxy than what's on the sides. Yep. And because they don't go out there and they don't take care of them. And this is a this is a universe that has space travel. These people can leave to less desolate planets. The reason they don't. They can't. They can't be sustained on those planets. There's nothing for them. No one's taking care of them, uh, so they're just stuck out there, abandoned. And that's why there's so many people who join the separatists at first. That's yeah. why the whole civil war works. That's why people are convinced that the empire at first is a good idea. That's why some people still believe the empire is a good idea. That's why um, when Palpatine no, was like, "I'm going to restructure everything to be an empire," and the Senate was like, "Cool." Yeah, and Mandalorian's been been putting that out there from the beginning because we got uh, Von, uh, Herzog in the yeah. first season who says, "Do you think what's happening right now is better? What what's out there? This is better than what the Empire was doing." Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it you know it's nice to have that uh, idea explored. I hope that's something that they keep like putting the nuggets in of like you know maybe maybe the idea of of trying to incorporate the Outer Rim into a united front. And just like taking care of them when you can't actually reach them mm-hmm. isn't a good idea. I can't tell you how bad I would just want a, 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 a I was gonna say HBO Max, but they have Disney Plus, a Disney Plus like Game of Thrones, just political Coruscant show. That's just an hour long West Wing drama, just Whoa. about stop, the New stop. Order, the New Republic. No, it's I see you, and I wanna raise you the like, activist coruscant journalist who okay. makes a documentary the about the outer rim during like po- <laughs> like talking about the way that the prequels ended all the way up to where they are after the empire's fall wow. and how that all came about politically and like talking to people from the outer rim and from the inner systems and showing like essentially the the, the Democrat versus republican mentality guys enough pillow talk let's just let's just talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, see that that idea is way too good for Disney to ever do. <laughs> God, there's, no. a, there's a dope speeder chase. I love I love seeing old school speeders. Oh yeah, yeah they take the, they take the turret tank thing. Yeah, that's a yeah. good chase. That is a good chase. Yeah. Yeah. They make the speeder bikes into the most BMX I've ever seen speeder bikes go. Oh man, oh, yeah. not, not, there's so many good moments in the chase. Like when the when the speeder bikes dive down, like two of them crash, and and the the the, the Tie Fighter versus the Razor Crest is a really cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 guy that just like goes off the edge and just wrecks his spear <laughs> on the side of the road, like, bro. I always love a bro. good. I always love a good shot. It's mostly uh, because this is like you know like a, a space travel fantasy shit. It's normally horses when you see like people going over a hill. But like, mm-hmm. there's the shot of like when they're going down the mountain before they crash, and it's just like all one shot. And I'm like, yeah, give me that. It's so yeah. good. 
Uh, I like speeders a lot. Like, I love that Return of the Jedi uh, uh, forest chase so much. I want that. Uh, importantly, kind of tied to what we're talking about, the Outer Rim is establishing its own ways to take care of itself at this point. Marshals. I wanted to bring this up because, yes, we have marshals, but also in both that place on Tatooine and here, it's referenced that there are schools. Oh, yeah. That they're yeah. creating their own education systems, no. which is really important because those things apparently didn't exist before. Yeah, you got a protocol uh, droid, yeah. And that's really important, too. So, it, yeah, it is, it is kind of bringing to light a lot of self-sustaining ideas. Yeah. You got brought to the that, is, that is such a that good that's good. such a good point that you brought up so after uh a rogue one came out they there was a lot of talk of like how did the empire tur turn people's opinion on the jedi and one of the things was that in schools they taught that the separatist leader was mace windu right oh shit so they so a lot of propaganda ended up going into the schools that were on the core world, and they talked a lot about the schools in the core worlds. And we, we knew that the outer rims had a. Uh, we we know that the outer rim thought that the Jedi were myth anyway, yeah, because they barely saw them. So that didn't really help. So now seeing these these protocol droids doing schools on the outer rim um, with the ray buns, I hate it. I hate those buns. Um, but it's really interesting to see that maybe these protocols are teaching them what really happened in the new Republic before it fell, what the empire yeah. was doing, like what the empire sponged, expunged away of what was propaganda, you know, what was the real history of going on there. And the fact that it's a droid means that it could be impartial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, there's a lot of interesting, like how the outer rim is rebuilding as a society that yeah. it just couldn't under probably both the Republic and the empire, but specifically now in the aftermath of the the desertion of the empire because the empire was always kind of just raiding the outer rim yeah, yeah more yeah. than anything for resources and that was kind of it so like vikings yeah. they didn't they didn't offer them any support though um and as ben was i'm sure about to say baby yoda's very adorable in the school sequence the macaroons those oh were God, just macaroons the moment the kids got the cookie packet down there, you're like, oh, he's going to force take those for sure. <laughs> the space macaroons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although there is one thing I want to bring up. that uh, So in episode three, he obviously he gives a child to the to the, um, to the frog people to watch over. But then, of course... Thank God that ended well. Oh, my God. I was terrified. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going like, to eat all the kids. Well, once they were born, he's like, oh, they're living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. You don't goof, baby Yoda. But so like Mando just gives him to the, the he gives the child to the frog people. He's like, okay, cool, stay safe and watch him and you know all that stuff. But then in episode four, when they're like, hey, we'll just leave the kid here at school and then we'll talk business, he's like, No, wherever I go, he goes. I'm like, uh what? I if I, I have to imagine it's because he trusts the frog people more and there's only two of them instead of yeah. leaving him full of school, full of a bunch of random people where anything could happen. I that guess actually, that actually brings up a good moment that I wanted to touch on. I really like as soon as the Mandalorian realizes that, you know, Moff Gideon, like the, the thing was three weeks ago, Moff Gideon is alive, which is something he didn't know coming into the season. Well, three, days uh, ago. The, three, three, weeks, three, three days ago. Right. And so like, he's like, I need to get off this planet. I need to get the kid. Right. Yeah. I really oh, like yeah. that kind of urgency of like, I need to, I need to go. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I, I would basically. I, I was uh, gonna I would... say, okay, and then we get that uh, that one mechanic who gives that long look at Lando's like, "Oh, you're someone we're not gonna like later, are you?" Yeah. Turns out, spy for the Empire. Yeah, what were you gonna say? Oh uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I was, I was, ba- I would basically say Ryan's point, which is that uh, uh, I think he's less uh, okay with leaving him in a school because there's more people around. There's less people for him to trust. Like, it's not like leaving him in a home with two people that he he knows are not just trustworthy, but kind of indebted to him for their safety of their kids. Uh, and like our parents, which means there's automatically more care there. He's Mm -hmm. leaving him in like the stead of a school of strangers. And that's like a different mentality. Also like the empires after him. Also on a more hostile planet. Yeah. 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 You don't want to leave him. Potentially, potentially hostile planet. Um, so I kind of get it, you know, because like it, he knows the Empire is still on the planet. If someone Imperial still circles back around, goes through the town, they can take the child. Yeah. You know, um, so that didn't that didn't bother me that he was like, OK, with the if you think about it, like he knew he was going to face the Empire with the the Mandalorians in the third episode. And that's exactly where he doesn't want the child, because if he dies, he wants the child to be away from the Imperials. Mm, yeah. Uh, whereas Navarro could potentially be the reverse of that. So I kind of get that point. Um, I agree with Ryan. I think the blue headed guy is stupid, but I do like (laughs) that the way that they lower the volcano thing is the same way that he, uh, that Ben uh, Kenobi lowered the shields on the Death Star. Oh yeah. Uh, It's the same contraption thing with the little move around. I like that. Um, Um, Oh, I I had one point. Um, I, I get that Star Wars isn't using Wilhelm screams anymore. I was bummed. Fanny very was bummed sad. because we watched the episodes together. A very obvious trooper. Yeah. Yeah. They could have totally had. And of course, when the two troopers are trying to like fix the volcano thing and then they, the fall, the, the guy, the one trooper falls, they both look down and look at each other and go, well, shit. It, that it, was so funny. You are so correct because screw JJ Abrams for thinking that he could invent a new Wilhelm scream. It's like, it's the Willie Ham scream. That's what I'm going to call it. It's not as good. It's so no. stupid. It's like, Three times in episode four, you yeah. can like, where's the Wilhelm scream? Why is there no Wilhelm scream? Yeah. And I, this I, is I was really hoping I was really hoping that Kathleen Kennedy, after Abrams was no longer steward of the franchise, would just be like, Okay, just you can use the Wilhelm scream again. What can I have one Wilhelm? Yes. Yeah. I'm, sure like Favreau, I'm sure Favreau and Filoni are just like, Can can we use the Wilhelm scream? <laughs> I'm pretty sure when they were when Carl Weathers was directing, he was like, "Hey, can we put Wilhelm scream there?" No, we can't. God damn it! I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't think Carl Weathers cares about the Wilhelm scream. I do yeah. think Dave Filoni and John Favreau do though. Oh, I bet they do. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm just thinking of Dave Filoni. Like, what a dream for that guy. Like, the biggest fan in the world gets to bring all of the characters he created to live action. Like, like really, like the like in terms of like importance to Star Wars, like. Uh, like it's George Lucas, and then it's it's the modern it's it's Filoni. It's Filoni. It's yeah. Filoni. And he's you know what? Number- I mean, what's really yeah. cool is right now, because there's no movies and there's no movies on the horizon as much as they like to say there are. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian and Filoni, by extension, are the stewards of this franchise right now. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That Filoni and is just are, like, and people are watching the show. Like it's very popular. Yeah, uh, it's so that Disney's highest show right now. Disney Plus's highest rated show. It's Mandalorian's beating out everyone else on Disney Plus. Well, yeah, it's like one of three scripted television shows that they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say I do like just grief in general in this episode the most that I've liked him in the show because in the in the previous episodes, he's always been like possibly hostile. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Mandos had to walk on eggshells with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, he's just very like, no, we're good. We're friends. Uh, there's no possible deception behind him yeah yeah where even up to the finale we weren't certain of him uh and i just liked having that dynamic settled um yeah i like i like that 
mm-hmm. season one characters a lot. Um, I, I I assume I wonder if if they are going to be like the core cast and like all of like the side characters are just going to be switching in and out as the seasons go kind on. Kind of feels like it. Yeah, like they'll be the core guys. Um, but we'll see. I don't know when when we'll see these two again. Yeah, this season. Yeah. Um, We'll see how that comes about. But I did I did like that that shift in dynamic. It felt better. Um I thought they were written pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh I like the 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 whole attack on the base. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. I thought that was done really well. And and as we talked about, like the reveal of oh they're doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sp- um I thought of something that I was gonna bring up in the previous episode when we were talking uh, when earlier in this conversation when we were talking about the watch that I realized uh, what we might learn because they are the watch if they are tied to death watches we still might get some playoff of uh, what exactly happened with Darth Maul and Crimson Dawn yeah. and if the watch maybe spilled out of it or even took it away from Maul. Okay, yeah, because after all that stuff, yeah, right, yeah. Oh man, at this yeah. Point, Maul is Maul is dead, which means that Crimson Dawn, whatever happened with Crimson Dawn is already done. And even even before he dies, we see him kind of like cast aside. Yeah. In Rebels, yeah. Uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if you have people in the Mandalorian way decide we're taking this in our own direction, like kind of an fu, and are able to put Maul out of it for for whatever reason that they are. Nothing, and that the watch is kind of the new evolved version of whatever spilled out of that. Nothing would make me happier than just to see like another like just a rogue group of Mandalorians who look like Darth Maul mm-hmm. is doing their own shit. Because like that is the Death Watch is just so cool. They're the coolest of the cool, you guys. So we were watching this episode, and you know, it's the tra- the hover transport falls off the off the thing, and Zara looks at me and says, "Why can't it just fly away?" I was like, "Because it's a hover thing." Like, well, wait, what? Why? But what? How does hover work? And they're not they're not like well, magnets. Like, wait, this is the thing that broke you. There's a beam of light that comes out of a sword that somehow stops for no reason. But this is the thing. I mean, magnet attraction. It's not like the magnets go from here. It's just they repel just off the ground. Like it's not. It's Star Wars. It doesn't need to make sense. That makes sense. It's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Some people like get really mad about Baby Yoda eating the eggs, and one of the execs had to defend that argument. I don't want to touch that argument. I don't know. I did. I just heard it. It was like third hand when I heard this from. I was like, people are getting mad about a fictional alien that doesn't exist. Nah. Look, we eat eggs every day. Look, they were unfertilized eggs. That's no uh, different than us eating eggs for breakfast. It sounds like PETA people to me. My mm-hmm. opinion is, if it made you feel a way, you are valid in feeling that way. There you go. Uh, so, the end of the episode, we see Moff Gideon again with his yep. troopers. We kind of touched on them already, but this is kind of the last thing to acknowledge for the episode. So, he's he's sending some big bad boys. Yes. I'm very curious because, like, again, like, the canon for, for what those things are are from a, like, uh, a 1999 PC game. And then they adapted it into something different for Rebels. But this looks to be, this doesn't look like those exact things from Rebels either. So I'm like, I'm very curious just what the, they always add something new, like in Fallen Order, like they added like old things back into the new. So I'm like, yeah. it's always fun to see what Filoni does with these characters. Or even their own uh, interpretation of Crate Dragon this season. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I do wonder, and I do I do still think that that whatever we're going to see are probably four sensitive troopers. Um, but I do 100% believe that whatever we're seeing is the precursor to what becomes Snoke. So the only reason I wonder if they would be force sensitive is because I don't know how that would have worked because they've said that they've been failing. Mm, true. I don't, you know what? Really, really, I just want an answer of why those why those people are wearing Camino and lab coats and are clearly not Camino. Yeah, that's what I, I, I want to know. Maybe they just 
yeah, maybe they just like that look. Like, yo, those aliens are sick. Well, but what I wonder is, did the Empire... Because the Empire would have taken over Kamino because of the cloning facilities. We know that the clones were shut down after the Empire rose. So did they wipe out the Kamino people and just kept their cloning facilities? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Snoke is a clone, like, that's the, that's the clone stuff. Kamino, and if Palpatine Kamino. Is still is around out there right now, he was cloned by something. I, I hope we don't find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing. Look, do whatever. You want to tell me how Snoke came to be? Fine. Don't go to Exegol. Don't tell me Palpatine's alive right now. I just, I really, I don't need, I don't need an, an uh, uh, Andy Serkis cameo of like, I'm alive. I like, I just, if I see that, I'll cry. I'll cry and I'll be like, all oh, this was for nothing. Uh, all I, I want, I, all I, I want. Trust, I trust yeah. Filoni more than I trust uh, everyone else at that studio. I, tr I trust Filoni. All I want him to do is be like, this could become Snoke. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. But that's all I want. We're not gonna tell I, you if it is or isn't. I'm not worried. Yeah. I, I'm a little I'm a little worried, but I'm not too worried. Filoni has proven to be very good at taking things that were underwhelming in live action films and made them great in other works. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay. If he can make me it. somehow feel better about Rise of Skywalker, great. Good. You're yeah. right. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it, I guess. We're all we've ex we've exhausted that topic. We've exegolled it. Oh boy! <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> so next time you'll see us. That's two weeks, two episodes uh, after thanks after Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back with two more episodes of Mandalorian. Um, other than that, hey guys, check out this this channel. We make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. What's up? Do you know? Do you know what the next episode's called? No. Do you want to know? Yes. The Jedi. It's called the Jedi. That's why I'm excited. We're seeing Ahsoka. So, God, if you tease us, I swear. So the second they named her up Ahsoka's name in episode three, is like, oh my God, are we getting an episode uh, Ahsoka in season four? And the second is uh, Mando said, four? hey, you want to go to Navarro? I was like, oh, damn, we're going to have to wait two episodes to see Ahsoka. I, okay. never, I, I never thought we were going to see Ahsoka right after the name drop. I was just, I was prepared for like, we're going to have another episode where he's going to do another thing. And then we'll probably see Ahsoka. Same. I was in the same place. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that that rinky dink ship is getting all the way to wherever he's no. got to meet her. Yeah. Once I found out what the episode title was called, I'm like, okay, not this one. Uh, and not only that, Dave Filoni is directing the next episode. Ooh. Yes. Uh, how long do you think before we get um, Force Ghost Yoda on the show? Oh, I don't think not about this, it. Not this season. I don't, I don't think this know. season. I don't think this season either. But I do think eventually, once once you once you open the Jedi floodgate, you can literally because like up until now it's kind of just been you know like a like contained a, a, a contained people show. You have the you have the the baby, but the baby is like is like a, a wild card. Once mm -hmm. you bring Jedi into it, you can really do whatever you want, which just means anything's possible, baby. Is Frank Welker or Tom Kane? Huh? Oh. Not Frank Walker. Frank Oz or Tom Frank Kane? Oz? It'd be Frank Oz. Oh, Frank Oz would do it. But Tom Kane has done it longer. Yeah, but Frank Oz would do it. Yeah, I hope so. But that Disney Plus money, they'll yeah, he'll get it. I don't like Tom Kane anyway, so screw him. Take that, not Yoda. He had a thing about Akbar dying in Last Jedi that I just fundamentally disagree with because I'm like, you're not even the original voice of Akbar. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> it's petty. It's petty. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Anyway, so make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff on this ch on this channel. We have more fake nerds watch. We hey, you want to see what we thought about the first season of Mandalorian? You want to see what we thought about the first season of um, uh, Dark Crystal? We got that. We have a third of a season of Dark Crystal. <laughs> um, hey, the boys, Umbrella Academy, Swamp Thing. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff on 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 the Fake Nerds Watch uh, playlist. Also, we have Basement Arcade. Um, October just passed, so we got a lot of cool. We got new new content for October. Um, any new Fake uh, 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 Nerd Book Club? What's the, what's the title called for Fake Nerd Book Little Club? Little Char and the Gang. And the Gang. There you go. Little Char and the Gang is coming up. Uh, we'll probably do that after the Thanksgiving holiday. So you know. We'll see. Uh, Fake Nerd Book Club is our more relaxed show of like, hey, when we can do it, we do it. Um, yeah. And then uh, we got other things in the Fake Nerd Book Club that we just wrapped up, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which apparently Kyle Higgins hated doing. So, <laughs> No, I read, I read it as I did the best that I could with what they allowed me to do. I did too. It was funny to read, though. I like that thing. This, was this recent? Or? I sent it in the text. Oh, time. I didn't get yeah. to read it yet. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. It's a very much a thing of like, I loved working on Power Rangers. Never writing Power Rangers ever again. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. But I can kind oh. of understand. I mean, we kind of talked about that in our last episode that probably uh, there's an amount where I feel like Kyle Higgins was restrained Yeah. Uh, yeah. with certain choices. It very much it sounds like that. Um, um, and of course, we have our main show, our Fakner podcast, The Mothership Show, the show that we do everything for. Um, we've been doing live quarantine shows. Uh, so this one's coming up. New Mutants, I guess. So we're doing... Did we decide? New Mutants? We're doing it. We're doing um, it. New Mutants. Uh, definitely watching that movie. Um, that will be going out tomorrow, Sparks. Yeah. What? So that'll be tonight. New Mutants tonight. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We've been doing live shows for the Quarantine cast. I'm trying to remember the bit that I do. Um, maybe that'll end when the quarantine is over. We'll see whenever this quarantine is over. Um, you can support us all, all the ways, but following us on Fickner Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, FickerGuys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. I'm at Ben Magnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan. I'm at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Sparkles. I'm still waiting for that last minute. Ashley Eckstein is actually Ahsoka reveal at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Me too. And I really want that West Wing Star Wars series now. Would you accept Rosario live action Ashley Eckstein for the sequel show that's animated? Would you yes. accept it? Well, yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, if, I just don't like. I don't I, want. I, I am. I am. I am fine with Rosario being live action Ahsoka. I do not want her replacing Ashley Eckstein. I don't think they would ever do that. No, I, that's that's. I, I, I don't fear that either. I just want to say it out loud. Um. Okay. <laughs> Until for this, two weeks from now, this is the way. Story.